If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock to denial to grief to anger to confusion to joy and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. When I was 14, it started affecting me. You know, we did like the genetics unit in my biology class. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know this. (laughs) Just it, just the anonymity, it, it just killed me. Like I never thought I would have access to her or like my grandparents or just any, you know, it's like half of who you are and it just, just didn't have that. Imagine spitting into a tube, sending off your DNA and unknowingly turning your life upside down. For me and thousands of others, this is our reality. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July of 2021, I discovered that I am an NPE, someone who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. This podcast shares the journeys of people who were shocked by a DNA discovery, mostly through modern DNA testing. We're telling the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. This is DNA Surprises. In this week's episode, Kara shares her donor-conceived journey. Kara's parents told her and her twin sister that they were conceived with a donor egg when they were 10 years old. The family never really spoke about it again. Kara shares how she connected with her bio mom, how she feels about donor conception today, and what steps would make donor conception more ethical. Thanks for sharing your story, Kara. Right, I'm Kara. I'm 21. I'm from New Jersey, but I'm currently in Boston. I was conceived with an anonymous egg donor, and my parents, my raising parents, told my twin sister and I when we were 10, and then they never talked about it ever again. <laughs> which, you know, that was that was great. It was wonderful. And then when I was 18, I did a DNA test. I did ancestry, and I matched with my biological mother. And I, you know, I freaked out and I messaged her and then the TLDR of that story is she got back to me and now we're very close. And that was like over two and a half years ago. So it's been a while now. 
Going back to when you first found out that you were donor conceived, so your parents told you and your twin at 10 years old, how did that come up? I don't know. I don't know if they had been planning to tell us or if something like inspired it. It was, it was kind of random. We were on vacation. We weren't even like at home. I don't, I don't know why they decided to tell us, but. Do you remember what your reaction was? Nope. It's like totally blanks out from when they told us to when I was like 14 and started thinking about it. They just sat you down and said, we used an egg donor to conceive you. Like, do you remember the conversation? Not really. It was like my dad, like, I think my dad said it and it was something like, you were conceived with an egg donor. We had trouble getting pregnant. And so you said when you were 14, you started thinking about it again. What were mm-hmm. you thinking about at that time? I I had like a few things that happened and it just hit me that I did not know a single thing about, you know, my biological mother, like 50% of me. And I had, you know, virtually no way to find out. Yeah. And... So yeah, back then the commercial DNA testing and all that stuff wasn't quite as popular. Yeah. So when you took your test, were you taking it because you wanted to find her? Why did you decide to take a test? Oh yeah, I did 23andMe before to hopefully find her. But it's funny when I took like when I took it, I didn't know that the DNA relatives thing was a thing. So then I got the kit and I was like, oh cool. <laughs> So were you originally taking it for health purposes or just just like ancestry, ethnicity to learn hers? Mm -hmm. So then I was like, oh, well, now I should do ancestry if I can match with people. Yeah. And so you took your ancestry test and you matched with your biological mother. Yes. What happened? Like, how did you connect? I, I sent her a message through the app. And then she got back to me like eight or nine days later. What did she say? It was like, it was a really sweet message. She said something like, you know, she was, you know, she was shocked. She like, but it was also super fascinating and cool. She was, she basically said like, yeah, I'd love to connect. She knew that I had already done 23andMe. So she did that kit to confirm our match. And so we kept messaging and then we started emailing for like a year and a half, just back and forth. And then we moved to like Instagram and then texting and calling. When you matched with her, did you tell your parents, your raised parents? No, they don't actually know that I know her. Oh, It's been over two and a half years and they have no clue. (laughs) Have have there been any conversations about your curiosity about her or interest in getting to know her? Like, you know, even though they don't know that you're matched? No. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like when I got 23 and me, I asked for that for Christmas. So there was like a very in passing conversation with my dad where he was like, Is it because of how you were born? And I was like, No. <laughs> and then <laughs> When I bought the Ancestry kit, our like bank accounts were connected. So he saw that I bought it and he like, it just kind of asked like, are you doing it to find people? And I was like, yes, (laughs) but that like, that's like the only conversation ever pretty much. And nothing else beyond that. No. How do you think your parents would feel about you reaching out to your mom? 
I think they would support it. I think they would be supportive. I don't think they would be like, no, you can't know her or anything. Mm-hmm. What is your hesitation around telling them? It's, I think for me, it comes from like, it's my biological mother. She has nothing to do with them. They have nothing to do with her. And I, it's something I just kind of want to keep to myself. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know, they kept it a secret. So now I'm keeping it a secret. She's <laughs> sure. a little like thrill of keeping a secret. Yeah. So is she your twin's biological mother as well? Yes. And does your twin know about her? Yes, but she is not interested in contact. Okay, interesting. Are you identical twins? No, we're fraternal. You would like never guess that we're related. (laughs) Really? Like we don't look alike. We have like opposite personalities. I used to think we were half siblings. Oh, wow. I was like, maybe they used a different like egg or a different sperm. I was like, I don't know if we're full siblings, but we totally are. Now I know. So it's been two and a half years. Did you say that you, you, have you met her yet in person? No. Okay. But we've talked about it. And does she live close to you or far away? Yeah, she lives across the country. So with COVID and just everything. Yeah. What has it been like for you in terms of connecting? I mean, has it, you know, what does that mean to you as a donor conceived person? It's been very healing in a way to just just to know her and to learn more about who and where I come from. You know, now I know a lot of stories. I have a lot of pictures. It just, I don't know, it's just something I never thought I would have. And so to have it is super cool. Yeah. What What things have you learned? I've learned a lot about my ancestors. I have pictures of like a lot of my fourth great grandparents going back that far, which is really cool. Um, I have some like Mormon ancestors who were doing things in like Salt Lake City, but I don't know much about Mormonism. So, but there's like, there's just so much history and I'm glad that I have access to it now. How did being donor conceived affect you growing up? I mean, it, it kind of sounds like it wasn't something you thought about too much and you didn't know until you were 10. But after that point, did it change anything for you? Yeah, I think I I feel like I'm one of those DCP where I always had that feeling where I don't belong or like something's not quite right. So it was validating to learn that mm-hmm. like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever thought about it in terms of like, missing health information or anything it was more so that like I would just never get to know half of my family I'm I'm curious about if you ever felt any sort of difference in connection between your your raised mother and your father who is your biological parent Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely have always felt more of a connection with my dad Mm. I mean we we have more in common I mean, we also have 50% of DNA in common, apparently. Right, right. So, yeah. Did that affect you growing up or your your relationship with your mom? Or was it more of a, I'm just like closer to my dad kind of thing? I think it was a more like, I'm closer to my dad thing. Yeah. What about your sister? Was she closer to your dad too? I think so. I mean, we all 
well not we all i think she and him also have more in common than her and my mom so Mm -hmm. interesting when you think about it yeah and has your mom shared anything else about just like her feelings being pregnant with you or no any of that it's been very limited Mm -hmm. would you like to talk to your parents more about it maybe I'd like to know why they chose to do egg donation. I mean, I can guess that it was because, you know, they wanted kids, but I don't know why, like, like why they went through with it. Like, did they take it lightly or did they, you know, think hard about it? Things like that. Right. How was it positioned to your parents? That is a good question. Yeah. I wonder how it was like marketed to them. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting now to see so many DCP kind of becoming adults, like as it became more mainstream. I know yeah. it's been around for a while, like in some <laughs> now capacity, we keep, but like popping up. <laughs> yeah. So is there a chance that you could have any siblings out there or do you know how it worked for your specific situation? My bio mom donated eggs twice. So I could have some half siblings that are also donor conceived. Um, I also know that my parents' leftover embryos went to research. So I might have some other half. No, those would be full siblings. I might. I don't know. I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, they would be full siblings because they were embryos from your dad. Okay. Wow. And how do you feel about possibly connecting with siblings? I go back and forth. Because sometimes it's like, you know, that dread of like, they could be out there and I'll never know. But it's almost a comfort to know that I probably don't have like hundreds of half siblings, like a lot of sperm donor conceived people do. So I'm I'm sort of okay right. with not potentially having any. Yeah, that it is definitely different for people that were conceived using donated eggs as yeah. opposed to sperm because it... There's a much smaller amount, you know, I think, that yeah. can be used. Um, have you connected with other donor-conceived people, like, along your journey? Only in the past few months when I started getting involved in, like, the Instagram community. But before that, I hadn't known any besides my sister. And what's it been like to connect with others? It's so, it's, like, probably been the best part of being donor-conceived because it's, I mean, I'm sure you know, it's like people who have the same experiences as you and it's validating and it's like, you finally know somebody who gets it and who's willing to listen to your story. What, what kinds of things have you talked about, you know, being donor conceived with your sister about? Because it sounds like she kind of has a different perspective on it than you in terms of the thirst for knowledge and connection Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. So um, I'm just curious about that relationship. And how you yeah, talk we about haven't it. we haven't really talked about it that much. I don't. I mean, yeah, I guess I don't think she's as interested in it as I am, or maybe not even as affected by it as me. I don't know. I mean, I guess she just, in a way, maybe she got like the better, the better thoughts on it. Yeah, because sometimes I would love for it to not affect me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. Did your bio mom share why she decided to donate eggs? Yeah. Well, I asked her, but she did tell me. It was 
partly for money. She was, you know, a college student at the time, um, but also partly for like altruistic reasons to like help a couple have a family, you know, that they marketed us. Did she share why she joined Ancestry? Did she have any hope of connecting with her children or, you know, biological children? Yeah, I don't know why she did it, but I don't think it was to find like relatives. It might have just been for fun or something. Has she since had any children that she raises? Yeah, she has three kids that she's raising right now. And do do they know about you? Yes, they all know about me. Have you had a chance to talk to them or? Yes, I text my 13-year-old half-sister every now and then. And we all actually just FaceTimed the other day. Oh, how was that? It was, it was interesting. It was actually the first time we did it. So it was a little like, it was a little awkward because I was like, I was like, I feel awkward. This is awkward. But it was nice to like see their faces. Like sort of in person instead of in pictures. What do they think of all this? I don't know. I mean, I think they think it's cool. I mean, it, I don't think it has much of an effect on them, thankfully. I think kids are very accepting and, oh, those are the circumstances. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, oh a sister that's like 10 years older than me. Okay cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you found any similarities between you and your bio mom that have surprised yes. you or just made things make sense? Yes, definitely. I've always been a very like literary person. I've always loved reading and writing and like music and poetry and that they're all like talented musicians. My grandmother is an artist. So that I was like, oh, that's definitely from them. Oh, that's really cool. It's so, I know it's such a like lovely thing to share with people. What are things that maybe people who are not donor conceived should know about the donor conceived experience or at least yours? Well, there's so much. <laughs> How do I pick just one? You don't have to pick one. Go ahead. It, it's always such a weird question to answer because it affects so many people so differently. But I think for me, I would say just like, the separation from biological family can be really tough and the like the physical similarities or the like personality or interest similarities that don't match your raising family that can be difficult to feel like you don't really you know what I'm trying to say you don't really like fit Mm -hmm. so just to kind of be aware of that feeling that some of us have the kind of the lack of mirroring experience yeah It seems like there's a lot of similarities between the NPE experience and then Mm -hmm. the donor conceived. I think that there's a lot of overlap, but I do think your experiences are are unique. Like you're saying, there's similarities, but there's a lot of things that are so different. Do you have any plans to tell your parents? I don't think I do. I don't I don't know why I like don't want to tell them at all, but I, I don't I don't think I will. It's, that's such an interesting... I know. <laughs> it is, no, but it is because it is your relationship, right? It's your mm-hmm. biological mother. And it's interesting to, to learn how different people handle those situations as far as mm-hmm. disclosure goes. So who have you told? Um, my sister, mm-hmm. a therapist, <laughs> and then just, just other donor-conceived people. There are a couple of friends I've thought of telling, but I haven't yet because it's, you know, it's like 
unless you're donor conceived or an NPE or like an adoptee, you probably won't get it. Right. So I'm like, well, I don't want to tell you if you're not going to get it. So you mentioned therapy and I'm a big fan personally. I love therapy. (laughs) So were you able to find a therapist that had experience with DCP? No, it was, it was sort of just like through my college where I was like, I'm just going to like try it out. And she was, she was very helpful and very understanding, but she wasn't like trained to counsel this specifically. What are some things that have helped you as you navigate this journey that not very many people experience? Definitely connecting with other DCP, peer support groups, journaling, things like that. Has there been anything that you've learned about your biological family that surprised you? Not necessarily that surprised me, just that like, that fascinated me, Mm -hmm. you know, because it, it was totally unknown to me. So everything I learned, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. What do you hope comes from this new relationship? I hope it keeps growing. Um, I hope to meet her one day too. That probably will happen later this year. That's awesome. Because I'm going to be like moving to LA and they live in Oregon. So, Oh, not far then. Yeah, it's way closer. How do you view her in terms of your relationship? Do you see her as a mother? Do you see, what do you see her as? In a way, I do see her as a mother, like not just my biological mother, but sort of a mother figure. Mm -hmm. Like I've gone to her for advice before and it feels very like, oh yeah, like she's my mother, but not like, not really. And is she receptive to that? Yes. That's really cool. It's, yeah, I'm definitely one of the lucky ones. And is she married? She's actually divorced, but she has a boyfriend. I was curious, you know, just how that affected the marriage. Like, did she talk about that? Yeah. Well, her ex-husband knew about me and he was cool with our relationship. So that's cool. Nothing, nothing there. Yeah. I mean, as he should be, right? As he should be. But Thank, I know, thankfully. But you never know how people are going to react <sighs> in these situations, mm-hmm. for sure. I know I'm lucky that that nothing bad happened there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say that joining like Instagram and kind of diving into like advocacy and education, it's pretty rewarding. It's a lot of like emotional labor, I'm sure you know, but it's pretty rewarding. And it's, there's actually a lot of like RPs who are, who are like here to learn, which is, it always surprises me because I have this view of like, People who just don't really care. Yeah. And can you explain what that acronym is for anyone that doesn't know? Oh, yeah. RP is a recipient parent. So it's anybody who used donor gametes to conceive. Can you talk a little bit about the kind of advocacy that you've been doing? Yeah. So on my Instagram, plugging my Instagram. Please, go ahead. <laughs> um, I've, I haven't posted in a while because I've been so busy with like finals and everything. But I just try to post on topics that, you know, educate RPs so like nature versus nurture and like half siblings and genetic mirroring and things that you know things that they can learn from donor conceived people yeah I'm also doing you know donor conceived community Mm -hmm. yeah it's like an organization they do peer support groups and I'm involved with them so I'm trying to help out where I can that's really great it's I feel like it um 
it it really shifts, I think, your mindset when you go into a place of helping from your position. Definitely. So I totally identify. I think it's great all of the the things you're doing. What is your Instagram account so that people can find you? It is at Kara underscore donor conceived. Okay. And I'll be sure to put it in the show notes too so people can can visit you from there. So you touched on some resources. Do you know of any other ones that are donor conceived focus that people should check out? Um, there's donorconceivedcommunity.org, which is uh, the site with all the peer support groups. There's the We Are Donor Conceived Facebook group. There's like Donor Conceived Council, which is doing a lot of like legislation advocacy. There's a lot of us on Instagram. That's the thing though about donor conception. There's not like a lot out there because we're still kind of a little dirty secret. <laughs> yeah. What are, <laughs> I mean, I, I have to ask, what are your overall feelings on donor conception? I'm very curious to hear from a donor conceived person. Mm-hmm. I personally, I don't think it's ethical. I mean, even just like at the very least for health reasons when people don't have like a full updated medical history because that's that's killed donor conceived people literally but i just think the separation from bio family and that loss of like genetic mirroring and those connections i just don't i just don't think it's ethical i don't know if it i don't know if it ever could be like a lot of us advocate for known donation which is when you use a donor that you know so like a family member or friend but then we don't have a lot of people conceived that way who can like share their stories the industry is so corrupt and I just can't support donor conception till they clean it up. Mm. And how does your perception of, of donor conception affect your own view, like of your parents, of yourself? Yeah. Well, my parents, I mean, now that I know more about the infertility industry, I don't necessarily see them at fault, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know they were told their only options were like egg donation or adoption. And so I'm sure the way it was marketed was like, you buy the eggs and then you never think about it again. Or you know, then you get your family. And the thinking, you know, I was conceived in 2000. So the thinking of the time was probably like, don't tell them at all or tell your kids just like once when they can understand. Mm-hmm. So I don't like necessarily blame them for, you know, just telling us what they did or like choosing an anonymous donor because that was probably the only option at the time. But I do wish they were more aware of like the potential issues because there are resources out there that show that. Mm-hmm. And have you talked to your bio mom about donor conception as you understand it today? A little bit. Um, I mean, she knows that it's like not necessarily the best thing for the donor conceived people because it's not like centered around us. I wouldn't expect her to like become an aficionado on all of the ins and outs. I'm like, I'll, I'll leave the bad parts away from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to know that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it does seem like there's a lot of legislation and things starting to get enacted. It seems like it's more from the sperm donation side in a certain, certain respects. Um, I think so. Yeah. So what kind of things could improve the egg donation experience? I think definitely a change in the way that they recruit donors. I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's like a lot of egg banks on TikTok that are like 
donate your eggs and win like a trip to Miami or win like $10,000. And it's like gross. That's very commodifying Mm -hmm. for us. And I think more awareness for the recipient parents and just more attention to egg donor conceived people. Cause I agree that a lot of the focus goes to sperm donor conceived people just because, you know, there's more of them. It's easier to focus on them, but I know sometimes I feel like I'm like, hi, we're here too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have seen some of the ads on TikTok and Instagram for egg donation. Oh, so so for listeners who are maybe not as exposed to this community, there are egg banks that basically show young women going on shopping sprees, waving wads of cash you know, talking about mm-hmm. how much money they have and how they oh, can go out so to brunch gross. and stuff and, you know, pay for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it is positioned, at least from what I've seen, mostly as just, here's a way to make a ton of money easily. They don't seem to be going with the altruistic angle as much on not on at all media. really. It's, nope. it's not about helping other people. It's It's about making money. You know, I don't know. I'm not an expert on donor conception, so I don't know exactly what needs to change, which is kind of why I asked you the question, you know, what needs to change? I mean, I think (laughs) anonymous donation needs to go first and foremost. That needs to go. Oh, Yeah. 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 But trying to think about, you know, what other things could be done, because I do think about there's there will always be that component of your child is out there somewhere, even if you know, mm-hmm. you know, but they might not be as exposed to you or, you know, how do you keep a door open? Um, I don't, I don't know. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming then based on your experiences, you would not choose donor conception for yourself. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I couldn't do that. Like to my own kid really. Yeah. Like, even if it was a known donor, I just, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with it. And then other donor conceived people have had donor conceived children. So, mm-hmm. you know, it it is nuanced and everyone has their own opinions and, and feelings on it. So it's I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about it. Do you know of any like upcoming mm-hmm. legislation or anything that people should be aware of? There, I don't know if it's public, but there is a donor conceived person protection act, like literally just introduced in Colorado the other day. Mm. Um, there's one in New York. I don't know if it's been passed yet, but it's 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 there. So that's exciting. There's like fertility fraud legislation happening, but that's not super parallel to donor conception. You kind of mentioned that you haven't shared with a ton of your friends yet, and you talked on you know the fact that sometimes people are trying to be helpful, but. Mm-hmm. are not what are things that people can do to support a friend or family member that is donor conceived um try to learn a little bit about it you know the the in not like the whole ins and outs but just kind of the nuances and the issues that some of us face and just be understanding and listen don't like you know a lot of people get the like oh but you should be grateful to be alive or like your dad is still your dad but it even if it's like well intentioned, it just mm, doesn't sit well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for recipient parents who are navigating a donor conceived? 
pregnancy? Listen to donor-conceived people. Biggest advice I have. We have a lot to share, a lot that um, that RPs can learn from so they can, you know, be the best parents they can be. What advice do you have for people who are donor-conceived and maybe they've just found out or they're considering searching for a biological parent? For anyone who's just found out, it can be a roller coaster, but any emotion you're feeling is valid. A lot of people don't know how to like respond to it, so they might be like inadvertently or intentionally dismissive. And something that's really helped me, even though I've known for a long time, is just connecting with other donor-conceived people. So I recommend doing that. For anyone searching for bio family, that can be tough. Like even like the eight or so days I was like waiting for a response from my bio mom I was just living in like a pool of anxiety and like stress I mean I don't know I feel like I'm a little biased here because I've been so well received by my bio family just be yourself it sounds a little cheesy but like be yourself it's so interesting to me because like like I just said a while ago like it's these were not conversations we were having 30 years ago I remember like IVF becoming a thing and people Mm -hmm. doing that. And I don't remember anyone ever talking about like, what are these kids going to be like one day? Or Mm -hmm. how are they going to feel about this? And so they didn't predict that we would have our own opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, people like yourself are, are coming forward and sharing your opinions and educating people It's really awesome. So thank you for putting information out there. Well, thank you, Kara, for joining me today and talking about your discovery. I hope things continue to go well with your birth mother, your bio mother, bio mother. Yeah, I say bio. I I still get stuck on terminology, dude. I don't know what to call people. (laughs) Well, at first I was like birth and then I'm like, well, wait, no. No, She didn't birth you. (laughs) She's, yeah. So I hope things continue on well with your bio mom. And yeah, thank you again for joining. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Kara for sharing her story. If you have a DNA surprise story that you'd like to share, please email DNA surprises at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Until next time. <laughs>